Welcome to Writing on Wednesdays, a podcast about building a healthy and sustainable writing process from beginning to end, but mostly in the middle. I'm Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician in St. Louis. And I'm Nicole Rokas, an author, speaker, and writing coach in Toronto. Today, we're talking about our plans for a summer of writing, and Nicole is going to share how she gets writing done on commutes. So get your pens ready, pull up a chair, and join us for a weekly Wednesday writing date. Well, Sarah, let's get right into the thick of it, a part of the show where we focus in on one idea, strategy, or topic as it pertains to the writing process. I've heard that the summer is about to begin, although I would hardly know it up here in Toronto where the temperatures are still just above freezing and we don't even have buds on the tree, even though it's May. Oh, Cole, I'm so sorry. I just broke down and bought a sad lamp to get over my seasonal affective disorder. In May. In May of all time. In May. I'm sorry. Uh. But uh, for other people in the world, summer is coming. <laughs> and Yes. Sarah, yes, indeed. You, you wanted to talk about what this summer is going to mean for us in terms of writing. So why don't you go first? Yeah. So the summer for me, I am declaring it my summer of writing, and I am making writing my number one creative priority. What does that mean for you? If for me, it really comes down to mindset. I have a lot of specifics in mind, but at the end of the day, it's about a mental statement of writing is my number one right now. That's my number one project. Um, that's interesting because my mentality for this summer is like, Writing is not my number one priority. <laughs> we are in really, really different seasons of writing right now. Just to remind listeners, I am writing a book proposal right now. I'm doing interviews for this book that I'm at the very beginning stages of writing. And Cole, your book deadline is just around the corner. Your yeah. submission deadline so is around my, the corner. So my book deadline was June 1st, but my editor graciously extended that to June 17th, which is obviously just a few days before summer starts. Yeah. So you're going to be done with writing for a while. Yeah. And well, yes and no. I think that this summer will be a creative time for me, but in more of like a play oriented way. I want to have some fun this summer. I want to find sunshine. <laughs> yes, I want to take sunshine. some vacation. Come visit me in St. Louis. There's lots of sun and heat and humidity in the summer. Yeah. And, and all of these I find really important for my writing life. I definitely feel like this summer I need to relax my mind because this last year, um, particularly the school year part of it, has been the most work-heavy year of my life. And in all sorts of ways, creatively, professionally, um, just with other things that I uh, am doing in my life. And sort of they're all, a lot of different things are kind of coming to a head or going into a more dormant phase when summer hits, which means for the first time in a really long time, I'm going to get a chance to just sort of relax. And even the things that still need my attention aren't as like pressing and regimented as they have needed to be for the last, you know, 10 months or so. And this is going to really open up mental space for you. Like, you know, who kn who really knows what is going to come out of this quieter period for you? I think so. And I think that this also gets into kind of a difference between us, Sarah, and the way that we tend to approach summer. Like, mm -hmm. I, at least for me, I've never really related to summer as like um, an objective or outcome-oriented generative writing time. I've always looked mm. at summer as a way to recharge. So I tend to read a lot more on the summer and more fun books, like not workbooks, but fun books. Um, yeah. I travel, I, uh, just give myself a lot more freedom. 
And that energizes me to kind of get back into the swing of things when fall comes, which is usually a very intense, intensely generative time for me. What about you? Yeah, I think for me, summer is and has been for a long time, the place to really work on the projects that are really close to my heart and projects that I don't have as much outside commitment for. Um, like I do a lot of creative work in my full-time job and I do that largely during the during the program year, which is like basically Labor Day to Memorial Day. So September to May. And the summertime has been for a long time. It's my planning time. It's my like, I mean, as you said, my playtime, like what, what's going to come from this? What, where am I going to go? Really a time to just be, be less connected to outside commitments and more connected to just like, what, what, what creative space am I going to make? Like I've started, I started a podcast in the summer a few, a few years ago, started prepping for that or just like leaning into the stuff that I, I want to do that I don't have as much, that I don't have deadlines for. Um, I think one reason for this is just that I have spent almost my whole life where the summer is an extremely distinct time of year, like apart from the awesome weather and just that kind of like energy and outside time, which I'm really big on outside outside time during the summer. It's also just that I have worked in academia and then in a job with a program year, September to May, where the summer is radically, radically different. My My schedule literally changes at the end of May and doesn't come back until September. And it doesn't mean that I'm not working hard on those those things related to like a full-time job or whatever. But it just, it's a really different kind of it's a different lifestyle. Mode. It's a really, yes, a really different mode. Like summer is my planning time for my full-time job. Like I have, oh my goodness, I have so much stuff to plan and prepare and just a lot of stuff that has to happen during the summer. But it's very different from showing up and running rehearsals or what whatever it is that I have during the week. Like it's my my weekly schedule is radically different in the summer. That's interesting because I too have been in academia and other areas where the summer uh, tends to be what you're saying, sort of a time of planning, a time of like, I know a lot of academics and I've worked with, I have clients who are academics who use, who use writing or who use summer to write their books, finish their books, write their articles. Mm -hmm. And I, even when I was uh, in academia as a graduate student, doctoral candidate, I always the way I always set things up intentionally or unintentionally was to work sort of twice as hard during the school year so I could basically take the summer off or oh interesting really step back maybe not the whole summer but at least for you know a month month and a half and and really just not have to recharge any kind of work yeah and the school year really energizes me It, it really gives me a lot of inspiration but then I find that I need to really step back um, during, during the summer. I wonder if this is also that you're, I think probably better than I am at managing multiple projects in a day-to-day kind of way. Like my strategy that I've had to come to, I'm not had to come to, but like it works, works for me is to put really distinct boundaries about around like writing time and music time and this kind of writing project and that kind of project. And I don't do them every single day. I really have to really pull apart my schedule and say, this is my writing time. This is my practice time. Like like when I was in academia, I I didn't get as much writing done when I was also teaching because that just took so mm-hmm. much energy for me that I didn't have the creative energy to write as much. And I, I think I probably would have learned to do that better if I had stayed in that field. But I still, you know, if I have a concert coming up, that's really where my mental energy is going. Yeah, I was kind of 
I wasn't sort of still am the opposite. I find that when I'm working on multiple things, it sort of energizes me to make connections. It, it stimulates yeah. my thinking. It's not to say that I do a good job of like, okay, I'm going to work for an hour on this project that I'm going to switch to this project. Like I, I don't, I mm. kind of just fly by the seat of my pants, but it, I get a lot of creative energy by doing multiple things at a time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and maybe that's also then why I kind of am always either doing multiple things sort of full throttle or I'm sort of just not really doing a lot and I'm recharging. You know, I think you and I both, during the summer though, I think you and I both focus on podcasting or we have in the past, like last summer, I host an interview-based show, Music and the Church. And last summer I recorded almost all the podcast episodes for the coming year. Mm, yeah. Part of that is because I inter- tend to interview people who work on a program year cycle and they they have more time during the summer. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Sarah, let's get granular. Like, what does this mean for you in terms of action items and strategies? Well, first of all, I am upping my writing time. I'm able to do that during the summer because my schedule changes so much versus the program year. I'm also going to host a weekly writing session, and it's basically a shut up and write session, but I'm calling it Maker Mondays because that is so much more inviting, and it's on Mondays. And, and this I'll is be, like analog, right, in person? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is this is in person, and I'm, I'm going to invite some writer friends that I have here in St. Louis and, and open it up to people that I don't know, people in my community. And I'm kind of using this very selfishly to be like, oh, I often don't want to write in the afternoon because I'm like, oh. I, I had a productive morning. I don't need to work this afternoon. So I'm using it in that kind of way. But I also think it's going to be a fun a fun kind of taking me out of myself and my little office here at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like facilitating writing stuff. I did a lot of that when I was in graduate school, and I'm looking forward to doing that again. Like, oh, let's make stuff. I'm, I should say I'm opening it up to people who aren't writers, so just makers in creatives. general. And, yeah, creatives who are doing something quiet. Um, I told... I told people they couldn't do woodworking. Um, <laughs> that was mostly a joke. But still, I'm like, no, no saws. Um, but, you know, I think we might have, have some people doing needlework or even some people reading there. Hmm. The big thing that I'm going to do, and I have to say kind of scares me a little bit because I don't, I don't really commit to daily kind of things, but I'm committing to a daily practice of reading my book synopsis and my chapter outlines every oh, single like day this. for I- the whole summer. I saw this in the episode notes and it made me really excited because I've never thought of doing this, but it seems like it could be really helpful. And in fact, I might now even do that from now on, on, like the next month and a half until I submit my book. Oh, I'm curious. I'm very curious how that goes for you. Because I, 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 really, I am not a daily habit kind of person. I mean, yes, I floss my teeth. I do those like really, it has to be done every day kind of stuff. But like, I don't, you know, I'm a musician. I don't practice every day. I don't, I don't cook. I don't cook every day. I don't. Daily is hard for me. Uh, Weekly is good. Daily is hard. But I really feel like I need this. And I feel like I can commit to this in a way that I can't commit to writing every day. And I can commit to this because I can read this on my phone. I can print it out and put it on my fridge. I don't have to open up my laptop in the way that a commitment to writing would have to be for me. So you're doing this as a way to keep your subject matter and your overall argument at the forefront of your mind on Mm -hmm. days when you can't write? Yes. I want it to be what my unconscious is working on when I'm not thinking about it. I want this to be the the background noise of my life in the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have 
had so much success in my life with just giving myself a problem and then saying, okay, well, I'll just let my unconscious work on that while I go cook dinner, while I garden. Oh yeah, I do that too. It's so, so good. And so I, I think I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just going to say, oh, okay, unconscious, go, go chew on this for a while and do that all summer. Yeah. Cause another thing that I think this strategy could be useful for is just staying connected to the big picture of your project yeah, like not getting lost in the trees. Your synopses and description, they almost become like a mantra or something where mm-hmm. when, when you're actually writing, it's really hard to stay connected to that big picture and keep your mm-hmm. birds Because you're like working focused. on that little paragraph or yeah. that perfect sentence. That's why I want to try this just heading into the home stretch of my writing is like, I go back and I read some of the things that I wrote in the proposal. I'm like, oh, that's golden. Like it, I just had mm-hmm. such a crystallized yeah. vision for the project that is is easy to lose um, when you're in the thick of it. I feel like this is also a really manageable amount. Like I'm not committing to reading my entire proposal. I'm not, which yeah, I just don't need to read all about my platform statistics or whatever kind yeah. of nonsense has to go in there. But it's, you know, it's not a lot of words to have to read, but they're really carefully crafted words. Yeah. Very thoughtful words. Yeah. So for me, I have some very different strategies less defined strategies. <laughs> um, but, you know, for me, I, as I said, I really just want to incorporate more play into my life this summer and just have things where I don't have to worry about what the end game is. So I, I am hoping that that will include a vacation, <laughs> which Amen. my husband and I have, have not been able to take in a few years. And also... One thing that I think summer is great for, aside from getting outside and doing picket picnics and grilling out, which oh, really is so much fun. The, I, I'm sorry, Cole, the picnics have actually already started for me. Yeah. Sorry. I know it's culture you are. Ugh, I, I love just, picnics. I am having like visceral reactions inside of myself right now, just thinking about this. I am so sick of cloudy winter weather. Ugh. But um, I mean, aside from all those lovely summer things, one thing I just love during summer is reading. Like I remember as a child, mm, my yeah. local library would always have these like reading challenges. And every time you read a book, you could go to the librarian and she would like put a stamp in your book. And mm-hmm. I still yep. do that. And in fact, the Toronto Public Library has, I think they have like a reading challenge for adults as well. But um, Oh, that's fun. Or maybe I'm thinking of Cincinnati where I used to live. But in any case, I do a lot of reading over the summer and it just helps like repopulate my mind with ideas and fun and like space. And this is like fun reading, like, yeah, you know, fiction, yeah? No, actually, I don't read a lot of fiction. I mean fun oh. as in just reading what I want to read on that day as opposed to, oh, oh I need to read, read this because I know the author or want to write a review. And I, or, or I have to cite the thing. Yeah. Okay. And also, you know, I I do want to be thinking about my next book. In fact, I already have been thinking about my next book. So I very well might start writing that, uh, but if I do, it's going to be in like a low-key way, no pressure, just experimenting with ideas and trying on, you know, because I right now I have like three different ideas. So like trying a few different things on for size and figuring out what energizes me so that when fall comes around, maybe I can start digging into things a bit more seriously. This is a different strategy than you had for your last book because... Uh, your books are going to come out like two years apart. Like it's not like I- I'm thinking of like how you said this was like a low burn kind of thing. 
Yeah, well, well, part of it was because I had kind of um, writer's block after my first book. And I and I think the reason I had writer's block is I was just trying to jump in too quickly to things. And, the, mm. and, and this, didn't give yourself the space to play. Right. The second book has come together really quickly in part because for like six months or something, I just said, okay, I'm you know, I'm not going to write a book. Like I just had reverse psychology on my brain. I'm not going to write a book. And then suddenly the whole idea came to me. I was like, oh, oh let's just do it. And you had your proposal done in like a week or two. <laughs> I like I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, it's like, easy. What? this came out of nowhere, but it came out of all that space you gave yourself. That and it, it was an idea that was sort of uh, gifted to me by, by somebody else um, who then allowed me to sort of take his idea and and turn it into a a book. So, Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of like in a certain sense, sort of fully packaged, like the skeleton was fully packaged. Mm -hmm. So um, you had your outline already. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of, and, and usually too, I, I bank up on podcast episodes, but we'll see. I'm Mm -hmm. hoping to launch a new podcast with my husband at some point and we're already sort of starting to record, but we may continue to play around with that into the summer before we actually launch. We'll see. Oh, that's fun. And yeah. that gives you also more play space because that's yeah. a kind of fun thing to do and see how it goes. And yeah. Yeah. It's different because you're collaborating with some, somebody different. Yeah. Yeah. And we've never done like a project together. So I'm really excited. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. So I'm curious uh, for our listeners, what are you thinking about for the summer? Are you thinking about summer as a writing time, as something else? I'm going to be posting on all the social media places with a hashtag summer of writing um, as I work through my journey. And I'm, you're welcome to join me if you would like. And now we've come to Tips and Tools, a segment about building better writing systems one small step at a time. And this week, Nicole, you're going to talk about your commute. Yeah, so I've recently gotten an, uh, a new job <laughs> at the same nonprofit that I was working in, which means I'm working more hours. And I, I actually really like my job. It's I'm the communications coordinator now, which feels a oh, bit like great. a step up, even though it's not necessarily a promotion. It's more like a parallel move, but but it's a permanent position rather than a grant based position. Yeah, it's not a contracted position. And I'm also just doing a lot more with what I love, which is communications. And I'm mm-hmm. getting to write like a communication strategy and press what? releases. What? The podcaster likes communication? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. So um, all of this to say, even though my boss has graciously given me a lot of flex time, so I have a lot of uh, freedom in terms of where I work and when I work, and I can work at home when I choose. There are meetings and stuff, and I, I do like to sort of show up at the office. And it means I'm spending more time commuting, which for me means either two subway rides or a bus and a subway and in total it ends up being an hour to an hour and 15 minutes one way on the no, days my that eyes I go just in. got really big yeah I don't live in a big city like that <laughs> the exciting part is when you get out you get to walk walk up the stairs from the subway and you're like in the middle of downtown Toronto and I get to oh say, yeah that's I cool. work in downtown Toronto good. and there's skyscrapers everywhere so it's oh, kind of cool worth it you know you feel like exotic and well and your commute as you said is on a subway or a bus and a subway so like like my commute is in a car and the most productive thing I do is think or listen to a podcast yeah I'm trying to leverage this time more and more to make progress on my book or other writing projects and I've sort of learned a few quick things that help and I'm just going to kind of list them with with a very brief elaboration maybe I'll expand this later into a middle sewed when I learn even more strategies. 
But uh, one thing I'm learning is that writing does not always mean writing. So things like listening to podcasts intentionally or looking over reading notes are really low-key things that I can do even when there's a baby crying on the subway and I can't concentrate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can sort of dig into those and just refresh my mind on, on some of these things. Another thing that I've really been using a lot, I've probably mentioned Google Docs before, but mm-hmm. I yeah, use my I use Google Docs on my tablet and I've gone through and clicked basically every active file in my writing project as make available offline so that I can access them nice. even when I'm like way underground in the subway. I can edit them and it'll sync automatically anytime I then turn my Wi-Fi on. You know what you could put on a Google Doc is your book synopsis and chapter outlines. Oh, they're already there. Oh, see, there you go. Yep. Another thing that I use uh, my commute time for is meditation. So I'll do my headspace and I might even do a headspace about, you know, prioritization or creative writing, which just allows me to uh, cultivate a healthy attitude with regard to my writing. You know, that's such a great place to do that because you have so much going on around you that you get like an added practice of being calm in a noisy spot. Yeah, it's huge because there are, uh, I find that, you know, commuting often like triggers my anxiety, especially in the morning when I tend to be commuting during rush hour. Mm -hmm. So I may not even have a place to sit some mornings, which would make like writing on my tablet impossible if I'm if I'm not so able to sit. do you bring yourself a couple options yes and just like choose from the menu kind of thing yeah and the final thing that I should say is um I tend to not focus on like fresh writing but rather editing yeah. and and revising or recasting things which mm-hmm. I just find mentally I am I can do more easily uh when I'm in commute mode than I oh yeah than I can yeah. generative writing so those are my strategies for community and I put a lot of you guys out there commute as well so I would love to hear some of the ways that you make use of that time to further your writing yeah and going back to uh thinking about dictation I'm curious if anybody successfully dictates on their commute because that's definitely something I could safely do on my car right yeah, I would there. say I, but would I haven't feel, tried it so I'm curious I would feel more comfortable doing that in a car setting than like a yeah. subway where I have someone sitting. I even feel self-conscious pulling my writing out because I know the person sitting next to me is probably like reading, you know, looking over my shoulder and reading. Yeah. And so, but you know, we make oh, well. sacrifices and I'm probably never going to see them again. So read away. <laughs> yep. And now we've come to the update where we each share where we've been lately and where we're planning to go in our writing lives. So Nicole, why don't you start us off? Well, Sarah, I am definitely heading into home stretch for my book project. Even though I don't really feel like it, I still have a good solid six weeks left. And there are still definitely six weeks left of work. Ooh. But uh, the fact is, it's home stretch. And so right now, yesterday, I finished kind of mapping out my calendar for the next six months. And I guess right now, my strategy is just um, in terms of like the sort of big pieces that I need to finish is finish writing a chapter each week and then do the sort of final deep edit of one chapter a week. Now, I don't think there's any chapter now that like needs to be written from scratch or anything like that. So these are like, it's like I'm pulling things together and, and firming things up. And like, that's the kind of writing that I'm doing. 
I mean, there are some other little things like I need to do some appendices, compile some resources, uh, contact people for forwards, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I've, I'm also kind of fitting those things in around the bigger tasks. That's exciting, though. Yeah. And I, I, to kind of make this work, I'm giving myself permission to cut back on some of the blog posts and stuff I do on my other blog. In fact, I think Mm -hmm. I'm going to make an announcement this week um, that, you know, that things will be pretty quiet for the next six weeks. And here's why. And, and all of that just let, I don't think anybody out there is losing sleep because I haven't, you know, posted in the last week or two, but more so just mentally for myself to give myself permission of like. And I think also you're so connected with your readers. Your readers want to know that you're at this point. Yeah. Especially readers who don't listen to this podcast, which include many, much of your audience. Yeah. And I've decided, you know, this topic uh, of this book is a bit more, I'll say delicate or sensitive, but um, so I've decided that I'm going to announce it first to my readers on my author newsletter. So I'll be kind of pushing that a bit if people want to sign up. And then they can, so that'll be kind of the soft launch. And then I'll sort of mm-hmm. announce it more broadly on social media afterwards. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. How about you? So I'm in the midst of wrapping up the program year at my job. And I love this time of year because it feels so fresh. I'm, I've mapped out my work cycles through the end of the summer. I'm doing like six weeks or so cycles. And I just really have this fresh sense of like, oh, I'm at this, I'm in this new place. So I'm doing a lot of planning for my blog, for my book, for my for my job, all, all this stuff where it's like, oh, I have I'm I have this mental space that I can use now for planning rather than like implementing what I've been doing. And that just it feels really good right now. Um and I I want to say, oh, it feels really good because sometimes when we're in the thick of it, it doesn't always feel good and it feels like I'm in this slog. So I think I think it's really important to when we're at these places of of just feeling really good about where things are to note them and celebrate them and say like, oh, this is this is also important yeah. to remember, not yeah. just the hard times. And the other thing that I'm doing is actually launching another podcast, a new podcast. It comes out comes out now in May. So that's that's fun. I'm I'm collaborating with uh one of the church church staff that I work with and we're making a podcast for people who work in ministry settings. So that's that's a fun thing to do. Um I really am enjoying collaborative work. Hi, Cole. I love collaborating with you. <laughs> it's and, a lot of fun. And I also, to you, do, oh, thanks. to, to use the words sincere. of Michael Scott from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. See, y'all, Nicole is into The Office, and it just makes me too awkward. Sorry, I like, just I can't like, handle. I can't handle. My mental, default, it, my mental default is I'm in the middle of an Office episode. It just comes out like stream of consciousness. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and that's it for this week's installment of Writing on Wednesdays. You can find our show notes at writingonwednesdays.com and searching for episode 15. Next week's middle sode is about my research note process and how I organize the notes that I take for my interviews, for my books. I have a huge survey that I'm launching uh, for my blog. And how am I managing all this information? Talk about it next week's middle sode. Hey, Sarah, I was just taking a look at iTunes, and guess what? We don't have any reviews on iTunes. How are people going to find this show? Oh, I hope our listeners will help us out. <laughs> They're the only people we can, because I think it's technically illegal for us to go in and review our own show. So, yeah, yeah, not, not good practice. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you enjoy this podcast, we fervently ask you to just give us a little rate and review on iTunes, because that's the only way other people 
uh, who search for this show will find this podcast. Mm-hmm. Or even if someone searches writing, we're at the very bottom of the list. So if you enjoy this, yeah, help us out. Help other people. And if you'd like to connect with other writers like you, join our Facebook group by searching for Writing on Wednesdays. Until next Wednesday, happy writing. Happy writing. Is that like Summer of Love, but like writing? Is that like Woodstock or something? 1969? <laughs> ah! Yeah, so I grew up under a rock, and I don't know about these things. <laughs> <laughs>